0: Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert. I am here today for a very exciting podcast with my very uh, stylish and uh, animal-coated uh, co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello. How are you doing?
1: I'm okay. But just, just to clarify before the PETA folks come after me, I'm not coded in animals. I just have animal prints in homage to the animals that I very much honor. No,
0: you are not coated with animals. If you were, they'd be alive and running around like your cats who Aww. like to like just sit on your yes. head and your lap and all that. No, you're uh you look great. You're you. obviously coming from a session of patients and I'm sure they were all very impressed with your your look. Yes.
1: They did. I got a few compliments.
0: Yeah, I like it. I uh am the in the traditional black scrubs. So there's there's that. There's that. Anyway, we're here today to talk about the way that plastic surgery operations age.
1: Yes, because this is a question I had very recently about basically what's going to happen to my butt after I put all this fat into it. More specifically, when I'm bouncing around the nursing home at age 70 <laughs> with the rest of my friends that have had their butts done, uh, what's what's it going to be looking like?
0: Yeah, and it's a, it's a great question. I mean, I get questions... All the time about how to noses age. How does this facelift age? What happens to my breasts when I'm if I have to breastfeed? There's a lot of questions. So I think we should kind of go through uh, generally what happens with aging plastic surgery operations. And then we can hit some specifics like the BBLs and the and the breast implants right. and lifts because things change.
1: Things definitely change, and the body that you have in the 20s is not going to be the same body you have when you were in your 60s and your 80s. So, yes, things change.
0: And, and the operations change. How they how they heal um, initially gives you a good idea of sort of what's going to, what it's going to look like over time. But certainly, let's take, for example, your friend who's concerned about her butt. Yes. <laughs> Butts in general get saggy, deflated, and...
1: And they fall. I mean, they are are no different than the breasts. The same way that your breasts will fall over time and the same way that large breasts will tend to fall more because, you know, gravity is a scientific fact. And the more the mass, the more they're going to fall with the effect of gravity. So the larger the butt, the more it's going to fall.
0: Yeah, and and that's okay. You just have to kind of know about that. And it it doesn't happen overnight. You know, these BBLs that everyone's doing, the Brazilian butt lift, where fat's taken from pretty much wherever you can get it and put it into the the butt to make it bigger. I I think that this is a – it's an interesting aging uh, conundrum because you are adding the volume, but you're also adding some structure with that fat grafting, which tends to be good for the butt.
1: It is good for the butt, maybe. I'm going to give a caveat on that because if you're doing a BBL on a young 20-year-old patient, they probably already have good skin. They don't need structure to their butt. They might need some volume, but if they are not a weight loss patient, they haven't had a couple kids, they're otherwise young and healthy, they don't need structure. Maybe they just need volume. But if you have someone that's a little bit older or they've had a history of weight loss, then they do actually need structure. But then they're already in a kind of precarious position because they've started out with kind of crappy skin. Yeah. So it's going to just fall as well. But with thick, you know some more volume. So you can, like, stuff that volume into your push-up jeans and, you know, have a look the same way that you'd push up uh, your implants or your breasts with a, bar, a bra. So there's garments that can help you. But, yes, time, age, gravity are always going to win. And so let's talk about that with just, as you said, in the spectrum of general plastic surgery, how things age. And that's, that's my quote, time, age, gravity, not to mention quality of skin. So those four things are going to be what affects you over time.
0: Yeah, and also you have to remember that the, you know, a, as we age, our bodies stop making certain things mm-hmm. like the, the collagen yep. chains. You know, collagen is a very large protein component of skin and soft tissue, and the 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 thing that makes collagen high quality is longer chain collagens, where the proteins are lengthy and and robust. And as we get older, those chains get shorter and shorter. And that's just a, it's a fact of life. And mm-hmm. that's why people's skin looks worse when they get older. And right. there's there's a very clear physiologic connection to why the aging happens.
1: Right. The skin thins, it loses its elasticity. And so it's going to stretch out a lot more than it did when you were younger.
0: Yeah. And th- these things are like very obvious. Yep, I mean that's <laughs> it's, a, not, not, part,
1: it's part of the aging process. And so, what does that mean if you've had a procedure done? So, maybe let's just go head to toe. So, let's start with your noses. What does that mean for your noses?
0: Noses are interesting. In the past, back in the eighties and nineties, when I was, you know, coming up through the, the ranks of this specialty, uh, the the noses aged very poorly because mm-hmm. rhinoplasty was not a structural. Event. It was a destructive event. It was removing the hump. It was taking out cartilage. It was cutting things without any grafting. And as grafting has been introduced into uh, nasal surgery, the noses age better.
1: They age better because they have more structure. They're less likely to warp and twist. Over time.
0: And to collapse. And that's sort of the big thing is that you don't want the nose to collapse in on itself so people can't breathe. Right. And they need, then they need rib grafts and then they become a J. Calvert patient. So <laughs> that's kind of kind of the deal, right? Um, but with that said, I think noses still have some aging to them. The, there is a question of how much a nose will grow after a rhinoplasty. If you've done a septoplasty and taken out the growth centers of the septum and the Uh, the nasal – the internal bones, you're you're not going to see more growth because in general, people's noses do grow untouched by trauma or surgery. Their noses do continue to grow as they get older.
1: They do grow. Look at your grandparents. Look at your grandpa. His nose is not the same nose he had when he was in his 20s. So they definitely grow. They get longer and they droop more at the tip. They sort of lose some of that tip support.
0: And if that's the case, then obviously after you operate, those things may – May do better if, you, especially if you put in some grafts and make a right. make a stronger nose. You know, then who doesn't want a stronger nose? And uh, the, w- uh, but I will I will add to that. In we we know that after rhinoplasty, noses are not actually stronger. They are they are weaker because you've disrupted some of the structure. Even in the preservation camp where you've kind of disarticulated the entire nose from the face, it's going to be weaker because it's no longer attached in its natural way. So even if it's been a push down or, or a let down technique in the preservation, there's no way that that nose is as strong as it was prior to surgery. But I think with the newer techniques that you're going to have better aging of the nose.
1: So does every person who get a rhinoplasty, are they assigning themselves up for a revision in their fifties and sixties?
0: I don't think so. I, I I think not actually. I mean, I've watched um, there's a rhinoplasty re- revision that I did in 2010 that I look at every day and that nose uh, happens to be on my wife and she – her nose hasn't changed really since 2010. It's kind of been stable and, and even back then I didn't do as much grafting as I do now. So I, I think that uh, with the new techniques, people are going to be much happier with their rhinoplasties. Okay. So let's move to the face.
1: Let's move to the face. As you know, if you are a listener of this podcast, we like to talk about facelifts in younger patients and what that means and why you might want to do that. So we do have a cohort of patients that are getting facelifts in their 40s. And that is always a question that comes up. When or if am I going to need another facelift? If you're doing a facelift in your 40s, the answer is yes. Yes. You know, if you do care about your face, and obviously you do because you're having a facelift in your 40s, then this is not your last facelift because, again, changes in your skin, changes in the skin quality, aging, gravity, all of these things continue to work. Just because you've had a facelift, you haven't stopped the hands of time from continuing to work on your skin and your face. But you have reset the clock. So now when you're in your 50s, you might look like you should have looked in your 40s. And so the facelift is not going to be a dramatic facelift that you would have had if you hadn't had one previously. It's just a little more nip-tuck, keep you refreshed, keep things looking good. But yes, you will need another facelift.
0: I'm going to one-up you on that, though, mm. because I think that even though you may need another facelift, as you said, it won't be this big dramatic deal. I think it'll even be different because the once you've had a facelift in, at a young age, you're, you're never going to age like an old lady, like you're not going to get old lady face or old man face. You're, you're just going to avoid that type of aging because if you've had a good SMAS facelift, whether it's a deep plane or a smasectomy or whatever, if you've had a good solid SMAS facelift, you've now changed the ligament kind of makeup of the face such that you don't really have the points that are present naturally to age around. So I don't think you're ever going to get big jowls. I don't think right. you're ever going to get, you know, you'll, you'll still get the scent of the tissues, you'll, you'll get thinning of the tissues, and you'll need the skin to be redraped, etc. et cetera. But I, I just think that by, like, there's so much benefit to doing the facelift early.
1: There is, I, and we, we can't say it enough. We, we are fans of that on this podcast. There are a lot of benefits to doing an early facelift, but it's not going to be your only facelift. So just keep that in your back pocket.
0: Definitely. Uh, with that said, let's move down to the chest. What happens, Miss Breast Expert, on, and by the way, breasts come in all shapes and sizes, and there's all sorts of quality of skin and weight loss issues. So it's very hard to generalize in aging of the breasts, but you can give us some general pointers.
1: Well, let's start with what happens with breast implants. Um no matter what age your breast implants are put in, whether you're a 20 years old with perfect skin or a 40 years old after having a couple babies, they are going to age over time. Now, if you started out with breast implants and you were fairly small breasts and your skin was fairly tight, your breasts aren't going to age to a significant degree for many, 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 many years because you just don't have a lot of skin. But if you were someone that started out with large breasts, or breastfed and had a lot of loose skin afterwards, maybe you had a lift when you did your implants, that skin is not good quality. And no matter how much you remove to do a lift, the skin that's left behind is not good quality. And then even though you may need an implant to give you the volume that you're lacking, that implant is still placing pressure on that kind of crappy skin, and it's going to keep aging it. So if your skin is not great, I do tell people you're going to be getting a revision sooner rather than later. It's not a big deal. If you like the size, the implants sort of stay where they are, but we'll be coming back and taking more skin and taking more skin. And if you reference back to the podcast we just did about large implants, Now you're really going to be coming back a lot more than if you had smaller implants. Large implants do not age well, especially on the skin. It's going to stretch it out, and you're going to be back for that revision breast lift much, much sooner than if you had smaller implants in place.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to kind of consider every situation. Um, What about the mastopexy patient who's had an anchor scar, a full-on... Mastopexy with the around the areola down in front, you know, on the breast and the and then the incision in the inframammary fold. What's your experience with the aging of the mastopexy patient or the breast reduction patient?
1: You know, it's not bad. They will. They're going to age, of course, and I did have a patient recently who'd had a mastopexy 20 years ago, and she still said, she's like, oh, they're still way better than they were before I did the mastopexy. We were revising it. Obviously, we were doing it again, but even she said they're they're still a million times better than they were. So, yes. That's
0: a lot. A million million times better.
1: A million times better. A A gazillion
0: times better. That's awesome, though.
1: Yeah. So... You will never go back to where you were. It's the same thing with a breast reduction. Even if you gain weight, you will never go back to the size that you were, and you're going to maintain some degree of that lift, but you may need a touch-up in another 10, 15, 20 years.
0: Yeah, that's been my experience. I've been around long enough that I've had uh, my reduction patients come back, and they, they kind of stay where you they put them. They
1: kind of do. They they're, they get a little bit more skin on the bottom part of the breast, a little bit of bottoming out, but it's they more or less are where you put them aside from massive you know changes in weight or pregnancy or anything like that. I will say the one thing that is a challenge with the aging breast patient, particularly the aging breast implant patient, is how breast implants look on a 70, 80-year-old patient. Because... The ideal breast implant sort of fits hand in glove with the skin. You know, and it just it's draped perfectly by the skin. The skin drapes around that round implant and you have this beautiful breast. Even if you do a breast lift or a mastopexy and you remove extra skin in an older patient, it's still hanging from other places in a weird place. It's not going to just drape and form this perfect circle around the implant. Those are challenging cases. They The implants in an older patient... Don't always behave how you'd want them to behave.
0: Yeah. I mean, typically you need to do some sort of update as you go through the decades. Uh, you know, I have patients. I just tell them like, look, every 10 to 15 years, we're probably going to need to revisit how we keep these breasts looking great. Right. And, and it's possible. That, I mean, we, we
1: have our 70, 80-year-old breast implant patients and ain't no chance they're taking those implants out. They got cruises to go on. Totally. They got men to meet. Those implants aren't going anywhere.
0: I had a 76-year-old come in for a primary breast augmentation. She was like a a equestrian and she's just like, you know, I think it'd look better for my riding competitions. No way. If I you know, (laughs) basically had some boobs. I was like, okay.
1: You're not wrong.
0: You know, why not? Better
1: late than never. And
0: you know, interestingly, because we really designed that operation very carefully with not a gigantic implant, one that really fit her breast, like it turned out really beautiful. And she was totally excited over it. And for her competitions, she felt she looked better. And I was like, great, that's what we did. And it, and it works. I mean, you have to just, it, it's always about, you know, being sensible with yes. your, with sort of these approaches. Um, let's move down to the tummy and the, the tummy abdo, the abdominoplasty. And then we'll talk about liposuction in general, but yes. how about abdominoplasties? How do they
1: age? They age really well.
0: They do. They age
1: really well. If you can maintain your weight after a tummy tuck and you don't go on to get more kids and get knocked up again. sorry, pregnant again. <laughs> 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 Forget I'm not <laughs> chit-chatting with my girlfriends. Um, if, if you can avoid a pregnancy and you don't gain significant amounts of weight, that tummy tuck will last you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Once that extra skin is removed – it's, it's gone. I mean, it'll get a little bit looser over time, but with a tummy tuck, you remove a lot of tissue. So if you have a good result right away, it's going to more or less stay if you, you kind of maintain it.
0: I, I totally agree. I see that on my patients. The thing that does happen is they will, if they gain weight, you, they'll get like these little side side cars at yeah. <laughs> the end of the incision <laughs> you know, where you're just like... What are you growing there? You know, should we, should we suction those out a little bit? Because
1: it's like the only place that they can add fat yeah. is – because everything else has sort of been taken away.
0: Yeah, people – like that's a big thing with like, oh, if I get liposuction here – Will I, you know, gain weight in other places? I said, no, if you gain weight, the other places that haven't been suctioned will grow more. It's right. not that the fat, like, gets up and moves to <laughs> Topeka, Kansas. It, no. It's just that those areas still have all their fat cells because we, we only have a limited number of fat cells in our body. So when you take them away, they're gone. They're gone. And that's it. And you're not going to grow more and But that's the ones it.
1: you have... Can get larger.
0: They can get as big they as they want because it's all about. There's a little cell, you know, the the nucleus of the cell, and then there's all the cytoplasm, the the volume, the the fluid structures of the cell, and you can get as big a lipid bubble in that <laughs> in that yeah. cell as you want. It can be huge. So your your cells can take on as much fat as you want to you want to yeah. feed it.
1: You can definitely eat your way back through your liposuction for sure. Totally. But if you just, like, gain a little bit of weight, you may see it in areas where maybe you didn't gain weight before just because you have decreased fat in the areas that you did the liposuction. So, yeah, no, you're right. The fat does not move. It doesn't travel from, like, your hips to your arms. But you may gain weight in a a little bit different area than you would have before just because that's where there's more fat cells. Totally. Now, I will say also with liposuction – for the most part, you know, if you stay about the same weight, your liposuction won't change. But I've noticed if you've had a really aggressive liposuction where they took out a lot of fat all the way close up to the skin, it might look good and smooth, you know, up until you hit the menopause age, and then as your skin starts to lose elasticity, You're going to start seeing some ripples and divots because when your skin was thicker, it was camouflaging some of the irregularities from the liposuction. But then as the skin gets thinner, you start to see some of the lumpy bumpiness from the liposuction.
0: Yep. I uh, 100% agree. Uh, But that's why, you know, again – I remember in, I think it was in high school, I saw an article about Sophia Loren and they asked her, you know, how do you stay so beautiful and you're aging so gracefully? What's your secret? She said, get a good plastic surgeon (laughs) and stay with them.
1: God bless her. And
0: she's right. Because the thing is, people jump around from plastic surgeon to plastic surgeon. Oh, he's an expert in this. He's an expert in that. You know, okay, maybe, maybe. Maybe. But like I have patients that I've done literally every plastic surgery operation on since since the time I got to California in 2001. I have patients who've had facelifts, tummy tucks, breast redone, everything. And you start to realize that if you get a plastic surgeon who has your demeanor, has your appetite for aesthetics, then then you can get what you want. And, you you know, I'll tell somebody that's not something I do, but like – we're plastic surgeons. In
1: general, the average plastic surgeon can do
0: absolutely the
1: average amount of plastic surgeries that are available out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I do a lot of facelifts. I do a lot of rhinoplasty, and I do a lot of breasts. But I also do a really mean tummy tuck. And I, yeah. you know what I don't do? I don't do medial thigh lifts. So I, yeah, if we could a... just put that down right now, that if you're thinking, I'm going to go to Dr. Calver for the medial thighs, no. no. We, can, we can just – you can go – Anywhere else, and in fact, I don't think anybody in Roxbury would want them coming there either. I think I think Chopra even said uh, Chopra's done no, no more medial thigh lifts. Yes, <laughs> they're, they're just in, rough.
1: In general, if you have a plastic surgeon that you like and they've done a good job for you in one surgery, that means they're probably a good plastic surgeon and they'll do a good job for you in another surgery. That being said, I don't really do rhinoplasty. So if someone comes to me for a rhinoplasty, I'll say, I know a guy, but that's not what I do. And so hopefully your plastic surgeon would say that to you as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's how it should be. And, uh, you know, and there are things also that we do that like, we don't really advertise a lot. Like I've, I've done four BBLs in the last month. (laughs) Do you know that?
1: I know. I've seen you.
0: (laughs) Like I have done four BBLs in the last
1: month. Right, because it's part of the deal. If you're it's doing, it's not on my website. If you're doing a liposuction and you're doing tummy tucks, patients want that fat to to go somewhere, and you don't totally. want to waste it, so you might as well put it somewhere. Which brings us to the start of this podcast. What happens to the aging BBL? We haven't answered that question yet. Does it just does it just fall down to your knees?
0: No, I I think the aging BBL. Yes.
1: It depends, is, how, it depends how big it is
0: is variable well, well there there's you know BBLs come in a lot of shapes I and know. sizes Dr avella
1: those large ones I think they're going to be down to their knees by the time they're in their 70s and 80s
0: they're very scary looking to yeah me. I think if you do a reasonable 200 300 cc augmentation on somebody that's you know the you know 115 160 pounds somewhere in there you put some some yeah. fat in to make it look better and fuller not an issue I think when you do these one thousand, these five hundred cc, seven hundred cc's per butt cheek. You you you're gonna have some issues. Have with that. some issues. The
1: same way with the breast implants. You know, a patient that has a two hundred and fifty cc implant, those breasts and those implants are not going to age the same way as that patient that has the eight hundred cc implant. It's the same for the BBL. And by the way, you and I have a very different patient population. 200, yes, two hundred cc's. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> 150 pounds. That's cute. I, I, um.
0: I always say this: the smallest surgeon in Beverly Hills has the biggest patients of, of all time. Which, which you do. You you they, you you get the people. I, I am blown away by how you take these people who've lost weight and they have skin that literally looks like you could cover the table with it, and they
1: their skin has skin.
0: And yeah, it does. And you just you take them down to like these like normal looking people. That's you know. And, it's very powerful for them. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. It's very powerful. And, and that is not easy work and it's very difficult. And as much as I'm trying to do minimally invasive <laughs> everything, you are doing the most maximally Maximal. invasive – you do the most maximally invasive operations known to man today.
1: I, I would agree with that. I have a. If you're interested, I have a maximally invasive fellowship that you can <laughs> do. <laughs> Forget your minimally invasive <laughs> fellowship. Yeah. But yeah. But so, I mean, if you have a large BBL, you put a lot of fat in there – it's gonna fall, it's gonna descend, but that's why we have butt lifts. I mean, we have a surgery called a butt. So, okay, let's let's clarify some terms because a BBL stands for Brazilian butt lift, but it's not a lift in the same way that a breast lift or a butt lift is cutting the skin, removing skin, lifting things up. That's a surgical butt lift or right. a breast lift. A BBL is getting sort of the appearance of a lift by filling it up with fat, but there's no actual cut on the skin. You're not actually lifting anything directly. But there is a procedure called a, a butt lift where you do make an incision across the buttocks and the back, and you remove extra skin, and you pull it up, and you fasten it in place. So that's where I see these larger BBLs going. And even without a BBL, over time with age, people need butt lifts because things fall. There's That's gravity. So that is the option for the 80-year-olds in the nursing home walking around with their sagging BBLs.
0: I've done them. I've done those (laughs) butt lifts. Um, Yeah, they they work well. Just uh, for uh, our listeners at home, the the term Brazilian butt lift really was coined by uh, Tony Griffin, who is a plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills, who was on a show called Extreme Makeover, which was when I was a resident basically in Pittsburgh. I saw it, and he called it a Brazilian butt lift because he was, you know, basically paying homage to Louis Toledo, who really was the guy that showed that you could in- take fat and inject it. And in his book about uh, doing, he didn't he didn't call it a Brazilian butt lift. Really, Griffin put that name on it on Extreme Makeover mm-hmm. for sure. But it- Louis Toledo was the guy that really found that you could inject fat and do these fat augmentations for the buttocks, and that they would work. And he did caution: three hundred cc's <laughs> was kind of the max. You know, he said it could be, get dangerous beyond that. And there was a ton of controversy for a while about injecting too deep and do you need to use ultrasound and all this stuff about how to do it. And in the end, it's – you can be safe by using the proper instrumentation and staying superficial. And that's that's really the bottom line. That is.
1: That, is, that it? is that intentional? That's the bottom line?
0: <laughs> that is the bottom line. That, that would be a good name for the practice, for uh, somebody that's interested in doing just BBLs. The
1: bottom line.
0: I think, you know what, I was – With a guy, now that you said that, in uh, in San Diego at the AAFPRS, who sent me a license plate of he's he's an ENT guy, and the guy in his practice is a plastic surgeon, and I think he sent me a picture of his
1: vanity of his
0: license plate that said BBL King. Mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to find that. That's got to go up on the, our uh, Instagram.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll find it and show it to you. It was so classic. That's I was good. like, That's a, that, that's a commitment.
1: Yeah, and a little riff on BB King. B. Hey, L. the King. B.B.L. King. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like it. That's good. Well, I think that covers it all in terms of aging plastic surgery. Um, anything else about that, Doctor
1: Vello? Nope, that's it. Just know that any plastic surgery you have, it is a commitment. If if you want to maintain your results, it is a commitment. Nothing is necessarily one and done and you're gonna look like that for the rest of your life. If you want to maintain your appearance, it's gonna take a little work.
0: Yeah, and just follow Sophia Loren. Get a good plastic surgeon (laughs) and stick with them.
1: We agree with that for sure.
0: Well in that case, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the nine oh two one oh If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself